Hey everyone, welcome to episode 11 of Yanks in Europe. We have a packed episode today with a lot to get to across the globe from MLS playoffs and action across the big European clubs like Juventus and Chelsea. So let's kick things off with some big news uh, from the last couple days. We have another friendly announced, David. The Salvadoran Football Federation announced that on December 9th in Miami, they're going to play the United States. Yeah, uh, it seems like this friendly match is probably going to be a MLS-based uh, roster, especially with the game happening in the United States. So you can expect to see for all those MLS uh, supporters and you know people that follow the MLS a lot, uh, we can expect to see a, a strong MLS side. Most, If not 100% MLS, I would say probably upwards near 80-90% of these people being Maybe MLS see some people players. from like South America. Yeah, Mexico. players from South America too. Yeah, you can see players from there also. But this should be a, strong, a, a big MLS side to where the guys that didn't get a chance in the November window they should be given their chance right here to see what they can do. Um, which, which, you know, talking about that game, what are five players you, you would like to see in this match? If, you know, if you had a quick five that you want to see. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's been a year since anybody who would be playing in this match, like has played for the United States team. So I'm not right. filled with a bunch of young players that I want to see. I kind of want to see Zardas on the field again for the team um, with mm-hmm. how he's been playing. Um, yeah. Also, he's been- you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Darlington Nagby, but his time may have came. Uh, he's 31 now, I believe. He's still playing. He's been playing excellent for Portland. Yeah, he has. He, he scored over the weekend, and we'll get to he that did. though. Um, Sean Johnson's my guy. Uh, I don't want to talk about the NYCFC game right now, but uh, <laughs> Sean Johnson and James Sands, if he's healthy, I know Sands took a knock um, earlier in the season, which kept him out. All they were saying was for the regular season, and then he didn't make the playoff game over the weekend. Um, yeah. Alejandro Bedoya and probably Jordan Morris if Seattle isn't um, isn't in the MLS Cup final, which is three days after this match. Yeah, yeah. So this game is basically based off of the MLS Cup final. So if any of these players will be playing in that final game, they're definitely not going to be in the squad. And if they um, played but, in the semifinals, because yeah, or I the think semis, that's yeah, because probably... the semis are December sixth. Yeah. yeah. So potentially, if they're in the semis or the finals, we won't be seeing those. So, so it kind of just depends on how teams are doing in the before playoffs. you dive into your five. Um, we basically have no idea what this could look like because no. until like right before the matches, because with the semifinals happening. It's like whoever, any of those four teams, they're not going to offer players. So yeah, yeah. It's so it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, kind of, so with my five, I have Jordan Morris there, just like you. I think when you look at the MLS, the number one guy that I want to see on the national team is Jordan Morris. Mm-hmm. He's still in his prime. He's only twenty. He's in his twenties still. Like you know, people think he's you know up near thirty now because yeah. he's been with the national team for that long. That and but we watched Jordan, him through college. We've exactly watched him play at Stanford. Watched him his rookie year. He's had a couple ACL injuries, but he's back now. He's healthy. He's having a great season for Seattle. Definitely want to see Jordan Morris. And then the rest of mine are kind of young guys. Um. I want to see Daryl DK out of Orlando City. I know there's a lot, a lot of hype about him. I think he's a real good striker option for the national team to potentially battle with Josh Sargent and Sebastian Soto, players like that. Also, Chris Mueller out of Orlando City, he kind of plays a right mid-camp position. He's another excellent young player that they have. And then I got the two uh, players out of um, Philadelphia Union. They both were named to the MLS Best Eleven. You got Mark McKenzie at center back, and then obviously Brendan Aronson, the record homegrown talent transfer going over the Sol. Um, is it Salzburg or is it? Yeah, he's going over to yeah, Salzburg with Mark. Salzburg in January. So it, you know the thing right with before he goes to Europe, the number, play this game. Exactly. Pretty cool. Thing, I think. You know, Philly. Philly's the one seed, so you know we would predict Philly to 
go into the semifinals, yeah. potentially win the whole thing, so we may not see them. But Mark McKenzie and Aaron Center are definitely two guys that I want to see in this Here's time. a thought for that. Um, let's say for some reason Philadelphia Union go into this quarterfinals and they lose. Does yeah. Aronson stay here or does he report early and doesn't has no chance of playing that match? Yeah, and I, I think that's just going to come up to see, you know, what Salzburg wants. Like if, if – um, if it might be in that contract early. that, hey, once you guys are done, he's reporting. Yeah, you're coming over here, yeah. And that's yeah. potentially what it is because technically he's supposed to, what, January transfer window is when he goes over there? Yeah, but he can or go that's there when it's like finally announced. Like, that, and, like uh, yeah. players have done that before. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, so that's uh, for the, the game. Let's talk about some other club news that we have also outside yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, the, the most exciting news but for me besides the El Salvador match because, you know, with, uh, with the El Salvador match, I, I end up um, in a weird situation being that my family's from there and, you know, who I'm going to root for, obviously the U.S. team, but still, they, they've got a heart for me. Um, so Pulisic is healthy, it sounds like. He's not yeah, going to play uh, tomorrow, um, nope. but this weekend against Spurs, maybe not start, but he should be match fit. Yeah, uh, Frank Lampard came out. He had a you know a, a press conference earlier this morning, uh, pretty much just talking about the team, saying that Kai Havertz uh, and Thiago Silva still should be ready for the game tomorrow against Rennes, and that Christian Pulisic should is will be healthy by weekend and should be ready to play in the big matchup against uh, Spurs, who I believe they're number one right now in the Premier League. No, I don't want to um, talk about that. I hate them. So but, it's yeah. going to be a huge matchup. Um, Probably won't see Pulisic start, but definitely expect him to come in in that second half and get like a quality 20 to 30 minutes in as like a super sub to give, you know, Chelsea some more life to see if they're, you know, looking for a goal, potentially see Pulisic uh, help contribute that goal. Also, he has a beard now. Yes, Captain America. So for all you Marvel fans out there, kind of like how Captain America grew a beard, you know, Christian Pulisic's now gone from 17 years old just last week to now he looks about 28 with this beard now um it's excellent i love it i think it's gonna pay dividends to him but yeah uh big fan of the of, uh, bearded christian Pulisic. Win- winter Pulisic is out uh, yeah the winter soldier um but also besides uh Pulisic news another uh american winger news reyna gets his yep. uh gets his contract with uh dortmund and it was a long one wasn't it yeah, uh, that's I believe through twenty twenty five. Is that is that what yeah. I heard? Yeah. So a five year contract through twenty twenty five. Obviously, they waited till he turned eighteen for this contract, but it was it was uh, definitely um, due for him. He's been playing excellent for Dortmund over the the last calendar year. Uh, obviously, got his first goal for the national team um, against Panama. Been playing excellent. It's great to see uh, Dortmund. Uh, give him what's deserved exactly and it's crazy he's about to play out his five-year contract and then he'll be 23 yeah only 23 (laughs) he'll be 23 when this contract's over and either will resign another one with uh depending on the state of Borussia Dortmund at that point and just he'll hopefully not go to Bayern Munich because I'm sick and tired of them poaching all the players from uh Dortmund and just becoming the only good team over there yeah we'll see him go to the Premier League at some point I would love to see him in the Premier League I would I would too um it'd be pretty awesome um also go ahead sorry yeah, you know, team news. Um, it kind of deals with Sergino Dest. Um, actually, Barcelona's um, other right backs, uh, Roberto, uh, I think he had a ligament tear. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it an ankle or a knee? Um, they're saying it's probably going to be keeping him out for a couple months now. Um, yeah, I you saw know, you at never, least two. So. Yeah, you never pray for an injury for a player. I mean, you never, you never pray for that. You never want that. But on the other side, this injury could potentially be the thing that lets Sergino Dest lock down that right back position. Yeah. Because exactly. uh, Roberto was the guy he was splitting 
play time with, you know, Dest starts one, Roberto starts one, they sub in for each other. Now with Roberto out, Dest is that primary right back position. There's no other guy in competition with him. So these next two to three months could be big time for him to where if he just keeps coming out with great performances, he's not going to look back. They're not, there's no way he's going to lose this position. I mean, yeah, it's, it's sure. his position to lose at this point now. Yeah. And the big, uh, like the thing to look at it, at least how I'm looking at it with my eyes is that he was going to get a lot of playing time already. Um, yeah. Regardless. Those who watch European uh, football know that December and January are the biggest months of the year. There's no international break. Um, there's always the European competitions are going on. That's when mm-hmm. um, Copa del Rey is going to start up in Spain. So that's their domestic cup. You also have a Liga. Like there's so many competitions going on. So he was going to get time. And now there's one right back left and he's going to get a lot of playing time now. This, I mean, I don't want to dive too much into it, but this could be a chance for Conrad to get on the field too. But, you know, that'll be talked about at a, at a later date. But players who haven't seen a bunch of time are going to see it in these coming months. Probably Chris Richards. Just December and January are busy times, and it's, you're going to see it. Yeah, exactly. I, I completely agree. But let's take this into uh, the, the big, exciting uh, games of the weekend. The MLS playoffs were uh, we're only five out of the eight eight games uh, from the first round, and yeah. there was not a single snooze fest throughout. I mean, it had yeah. you on the edge of your seat throughout uh, every single period, and all of the extra times that we saw, and all the penalty shootouts that we saw. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, we'll start off with the first game of the week, uh, the weekend, the noon kickoff with Orlando City and um, New York City. Uh, if you want to start there, yeah, uh, just to you know, piggyback off what you're saying. Uh, Three of these five games ended up going to penalty kick shootouts just to give you a better idea of what we're talking about with how, how closely competitive these matches were. Um, honestly, this Orlando, I, I don't know where to start with this Orlando-New York City game. Uh, Let's it, start it with the great, kickoff that we didn't see. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a great game. Um, the kickoff we didn't see. First to start with, um, this match, for people that wanted to try to watch this match, it was not easy. It was not on ESPN Plus. It was not on Fox Sports 1. It wasn't on any ESPN channels. I understand it's on Saturday. In the United States, you want to have college football on all channels. But it's the MLS playoffs. And if, especially if you're trying to grow your brand, and that's what the MLS is doing. Like It has gotten drastically larger over the yeah, last Even decade. ESPN News, like something. Yeah, ESPN News. It's, put it on some type of channel. Um, but huge shout-out to the New York Red Bulls uh, Twitter account, um, you know, coming in clutch with us. We were – we had a you know conversation going on on Twitter, you know, pretty much saying we can't find the game, where we'd be able to do it. I know the New York Rebels said, "Oh, well, you can watch it on this channel if you're local to us." Obviously, we're not local to New York, um, so then they came in clutch and gave us the link to MLSsoccer.com. But my whole thing is, there's a lot of people that probably didn't even know to check mm-hmm. MLSsoccer.com. So obviously, you were able to check that. It's a free stream, but it, we, we were able to watch it that way. Yeah. But for people like that didn't know that, like that game was hard to find, hard to try to figure out how to watch it, which yeah. is real strange. It was on. Uh, it was on Unimas for those of you yeah. who have like the Spanish channels. Um, which Unimas is a free channel if you have like the correct spectrum. Uh, yeah. Or whatever dish, Directv package, and also Tudin, which you have to have a subscription for. So yeah. you know, every single site that I was looking at was saying, oh, you know, sign up for Fubo TV, sign up for Fantasy, exactly. all of these different websites, is, sign up for i'm just like I'm it's not just doing that. weird especially with it being a playoff match you expect it to be on a national you know nationally televised which we won't have a problem with those three games tomorrow all those games will be nationally televised but let's talk about the pony kick shootout i think by far this might be one of the craziest shootouts i've ever seen and it's not the fact that it went 20 rounds deep 
it comes down to the officiating. I mean, oh, was- I don't know what was happening. Me being a, you know, a, a official myself refereeing, you know, club matches, uh, you know, where I'm at high school games. I've mm. never seen anything like that. Yeah. Where... Before I get into the the penalty kick, let's talk real quick for what happened 120 minutes earlier because this game took three and a half hours. Um, oh yeah, you know, it was a football game. Uh, it starts game. off with a Nani penalty uh, kick in the fourth minute um, yeah. from a handball that he converts uh, well, and then NYCFC scores four minutes later on a cr- uh, on a corner kick, and then it's back and forth for the rest of the game. Nobody scores, and then we end up in this penalty situation, which. You know, t- mm-hmm. I don't know. It depends on how you are. If you actually view the penalty kicks to s- determine who was the best team that day. Um, yeah. But penalty kicks start, and Orlando's uh, Orlando takes the lead early on because uh, the first penalty kick from NYCFC's best taker, he just misses. Um, yeah. And then you go on forward. Pedro Gallese, the Peruvian goalkeeper, uh, steps off the line early, depending About on half a step. Asked. Half a step. Due to VAR. Yeah, and that and that's the issue with VAR now, because um, if you're gonna call something like that, every single penalty kick that is taken in them in MLS now doesn't like regular season, especially these playoffs. Mm-hmm. Every single penalty kick needs to be reviewed. Like yeah. if you're gonna review that, because that that call was not called no. spot on. No, they went back to VAR and reviewed that. They, they went the, to VAR and said that he the sideline official. So they, how yeah. penalty kicks work? The head official watches the penalty kick taker. The sideline official will come in and they stand on the end line, but they'll get like right up on the six yard box to where they're right at that goalkeeper. Their only job is to watch the goalkeeper. Like they're looking to see if their feet come off, come off the line. That's what the sideline official is do. He didn't call anything. Nope. So they went to, so that block happens. Orlando city is celebrating. The whole team rushes the field. They're I turned off they, the game. And if it they, wasn't yeah, for you, I wouldn't I know, have put you, it back you on. You turned off the game and I texted <laughs> you three minutes later saying, dude, what, what in the world? Like this game's still going on. It's not, and you're like, how's it? I'm like, dude, they got him off the line. Like it's My still team happening. Lost, so I turned off the game. Yeah. Like he, you turned the stream off. I'm like, dude, no, this game's still happening. It was crazy. Um, so when you see the replay, it, yeah, it's the right call. He was about half a foot off the line. It sucks because he had a yellow card during the match. Gets a second yellow for this because technically you're off the line. That's that's due a yellow card. So he gets shown a red. Keeper's out of the game. Just remember, Orlando City's already had a red card. So they they were playing 10 men in extra time. Mm -hmm. Um, A real bad red card earlier in the game. So you get the keeper sent off. So Orlando City tries to pull a fast one. They they try to make a keeper change in this Tony Kick shootout. So I don't know what's going through the officials' heads because as an official, you never can make a substitute. In you a can't make kick a substitute shootout. in penalties. That's why no, like that, that's like make their late subs maybe at 118 exactly. to put in their so penalty like, kick you know, takers. So if originally you thought they're okay, they're going to put a field position in the goal. No, they they try to bring in their backup keeper. They've got it got it went as far as the keeper walked onto the field, got in front of goal. The head official and sideline official were set up about to blow the whistle. And then they got called from, you know, some the, the head official or something. And they pretty much like, hey, dude, you know, you, you can't sub someone in and a penalty kick shootout. So the backup keeper goes back off the field. Then they finally bring in a field position player who um, looked a little later. similar to the backup goalkeeper. And I think that's what they were maybe trying to play. Yeah. Um, and they were just trying to pull a fast one. But I mean. End of the story. Um, you know, they, the the next round, both teams make a penalty kick. Uh, I think it got into the sixth round. Yeah, I don't. NYCFC did need to make a stop. Sean Johnson made a big save to big, big, big save. Yeah, he made a big save. I don't know um, who was the player that missed it for New York City. That god awful penalty kick. I mean, because for for Orlando City, my whole thing is like you, they're in sudden death. If you're in New York City, you have the advantage now. Orlando does not have a keeper, and you're in sudden death. All you got to do is make your pin. Is hit it. Yeah, just make it. If you, if you, you know, if, if 
you make your pin, you win pretty much like, and it's uh, over. So the field position player who got subbed in for Orlando, the pony kick was literally taken right at him and he blocks it off the post and it goes out. Mm-hmm. So Orlando City starts celebrating again, thinking they won. And the referees were letting it happen. MLS Twitter account even tweeted out, oh, it's over. It's 5-5. But <laughs> it's 5-5 after six rounds. So like New York City has gone six rounds and made five kicks. Orlando has gone five rounds and made five kicks. So Orlando still has to kick one more time. So this so is the second time. They, for fans, so now they, they have celebrated twice line. thinking they've won. So finally, the referees figure out you know, how to count and be like, oh, wait a minute. It's only 5-5. Five to five. It's not over. So Orlando comes out, finally – converts the penalty kick to win the match. They won six to five. And I think that penalty kick shootout took over 30 minutes, maybe close to 40. I mean, it was ridiculous. The game started at noon and it ended after three o'clock. Yeah, it was three. It was pushing four o'clock when it almost got done. I mean, it it was ridiculous. Just the officiating blunders that I was seeing that was happening in this, in this penalty kick shootout. And I understand it's it's a playoff game. It's a big time game. It's a, you know, hostile atmosphere but at the end of the day as an official you have to do better and that and that uh you cannot let a team pre-celebrate three times thinking they won a match you cannot let a substitute happen with a player that was not on the field and i just think that's on the officiating for that match i know they probably had a lot of explaining to do after the match um but anyway orlando ends up winning the game and, that, and that's just the first game of the playoffs uh, yep. you know there was still Four of the games, and we'll just, you know, you want to go through them Yeah, we'll uh, go, go around the rest to... of them um, real quick because we don't want to take too, too many people's time here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Columbus crew played the New York Red Bull in what was a um, pretty back-and-forth, uh, at least yep. attacking-wise game, very open play. Uh, uh-huh. You know, we got a goal from Darlington Nagme and uh, Jossie Zardes. Zardes ends yep. up scoring what would be um, the, the game winner. Way. It put them up 3-1. to yeah, one. They, they won 3-2. Three three to to two. Uh, the Red Bulls try to make a late comeback there, so both New York teams are knocked yeah. out on Saturday. Let's not forget to mention Caden uh, Clark, the young teenager for New York Red Bulls. He did get that second goal for New York, so he was part of that comeback. Great yeah. young talent. Potentially could see him on this uh, roster, especially with New York Red Bulls out now. He definitely, I can see him as one of those uh, first options to be on the squad in December. More than agree. More than agree there. Uh, well, but we'll d- dump into uh, yesterday's games. Uh, we had a a really awesome triple header where two of the games went into penalty kicks. Sporting yep. KC and San Jose Earthquakes, uh, three to three goes into penalties. But before we talk about the fact that they went into penalties, uh, San Jose wins the game, you think, in the 91st minute. After uh, being down 2-1, they come back. Well, they sporting. Get Sport, you think Sporting sporting wins it because San Jose had the yeah, – yeah, yeah, Sporting comes in, and they the 91st minute goal from Busio, um, you know, mm-hmm. they, they take several minutes to celebrate this goal. So – for those yeah. of you who watch, they know, you know the clock is stopped on the ref's uh, wrist, and you know, yeah, you're not adding any. You're there, he's just adding on minutes that is going to happen into this game. Exactly. And then in the 97th minute, 90 plus seven. No, none other than, than, than yeah, Chris Wondolowski, um, MLS all-time goal scorer, um, ends up providing the header back post in the 97th minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tie of the game, three to three, and what was probably the last kick of the match, uh, the send the game, the penalty kicks. When we talked about this game last week, I was just like, "Hey, Sporting KC is definitely the better side. It's mm-hmm. the one versus eight. But this is Wondolowski's probably maybe his last match, and that might have been his last shot because yeah. he didn't take a pen. Exactly, um, might be his last match uh, of the game. So I think San Jose is going to come out playing with fire, which mm-hmm. they did. I mean, it was three to three. They went to penalty kicks. Um, but shout out to Sporting KC's keeper. Three for three on penalty kick saves. Like, yeah. when you ever see that? He saved all three penalty kicks. It's hard and to say. Wins three, three nothing. In a row. 
Yeah, he their side wins three nothing in penalty kick shootout, and he saves all three penalty kicks. I mean, but that's a great performance. You never, regardless what level of soccer. I mean, I've you rarely ever see a keeper saving three shots in a row. Exactly. Um. So outside of that one, um, Minnesota kind of handled Colorado. Um, mm-hmm. split split possession game, but uh, you know, Minnesota had their opportunities and they converted them, and they played a uh, fantastic defense like we always talk about them doing. They don't have um Opara, the best defender in the league. Um. But it doesn't matter because they're still yeah. gonna. They've got great goaltending and they have great defense and great midfielders. They're just a really good squad, and I love seeing um, uh, MLS side who's re- fairly new. Is this their second season? Yeah, they're fairly new. They've and, only been maybe two or three years. Yeah, yeah. and they're out there performing. I mean, we, I love seeing the new clubs. We'll, uh, we'll get to one of them is uh, playing uh, tomorrow night, but. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll take it into the last uh, game that's been completed. That Portland Dallas uh, Portland Dallas game was. Uh, awesome honestly uh it was a late one so if you guys didn't catch it um kickoff was 10 o'clock eastern time so it probably started about 10 20 if i'm being honest with you and didn't end till about one o'clock in the morning um but portland gets gets their goal from uh jorge viafania in the 82nd minute and viafania has played for portland for five seasons that was Mm -hmm. his second career goal and his first career goal came last week so five years without a goal scores in two straight games um and we think wins the game and then in the 93rd minute, Ricardo Pepe, who is 17 years old, David? 17 years old, and he's a dual national, so he could choose between Mexico and the United States. Yeah, yep. so we need to make sure we're watching him. He scores – well – He's the true number nine, too. So true I mean, number he, nine, exactly. He's big, he's big. Big number nine. He does not look 17. I did not know – like, uh, he comes in, and I'm like, this guy is not 17. Um, but do you want to call it a self-pass, David? <laughs> Yeah, uh, pretty much. I mean, he gets put through on goal, and, you know, he's one-on-one with the keeper. He shoots it with the outside of his foot, bounces off the right post, right back to him. Right back Super fortunate with that. Right back to him in the path of goal, and he, t- and he shoots it in and ties the game in uh, the 90th minute. I mean, so that, I know that was a great feeling for him, especially getting subbed in, uh, 17-year-old sending, sending uh, the game to penalty kicks um, to where, like as we said, this is the third penalty kick shooter of the game, and guess what? Dallas wins. Yeah, pulled, and Dallas wins. They pulled a 3-6 up. They pulled a 6-3 upset. They beat the three seed. Dallas wins in pony kicks 8-7 to seven off of that seven, you know, off of the 90th minute goal to send it to extra time. Um, so, I mean, it's a great feeling for Dallas. I know that 90, you know, when it comes to the 90th minute, you, you, you never want to give up. And it's great to see clubs like that, even mm-hmm. San Jose, to where they're down late in 90th minute and they're not giving up and they score that last minute goal. To, exactly. You know, San Jose. It's real good to see that. Yeah, and kind of just two more tidbits about it. Jorge Villafania, who scored the goal to give uh, Portland the lead, ends up missing that penalty, so that kind of sucks for him. And also, this is an insane stat, that uh, with going with the 93rd minute uh, equalizer that FC Dallas had, Portland allowed 14 goals this season after the 75th minute. 14 in a season. That is insane, and that, you know, the Mm -hmm. goal shouldn't have happened. They were out of place. The defenders were spread, and Pepe was kind of running free just had a couple guys behind him um and that, that just goes to not being able to close down defensively for the last couple um you know 10 15 minutes and they did it for long enough just well not long enough they did it yeah. for 92 minutes and you know it's just uh it kind of sucked for portland but you know you got to figure out that back line for the end of games because 14 Definitely. goals in probably in what roughly 28 29 games is insane yeah, it's, now that yeah, late. brutal so yeah but, the finish to finish up on the MLS side, we'll, we'll talk about the three games for tomorrow. It's a triple header. All, um, for everybody, all these games will be nationally televised, so we won't have to worry about using MLSsoccer.com or 
uh, you know, any other streaming service. Uh, first match, 6 p.m., Toronto FC versus Nashville. Uh, it's going to be on Fox Sports 1. Uh, we'll see Walker Zimmerman, the center back uh, for Nashville FC, who's been playing excellent. He was named to the MLS Best 11, uh, just came out this week. They've looked him to play. Um, obviously, you got Josie Altador, Michael Bradley. Toronto's and then you got Io, uh, Io Anuke, I believe, the other striker for Toronto FC. So they got some attacking power. Obviously, you got two of the biggest names on, in the MLS from the national team, and Michael Braddy and Joji Altidore um, in the two seed with Toronto. Uh, yeah. I, I, I say this will be a good match. Um, if I had to pick, I think Toronto wins the game. If I, if I had yeah, to just pick. don't sleep on Nashville, man. The, the, no. you know, the new team, they're strong. They're not, um, they probably have the smallest salary cap mm-hmm. on, like out of all of the teams, but they just they play well. They're smart. Yeah. Um, they don't give the ball away. They're always well structured. Um, it's it's going to be an awesome match. I like the uh, I like the six o'clock kickoff, um, and it, it should be it should be pretty pretty awesome to watch. And uh, outside of that, we'll wrap up the last few games. Philadelphia Union against New England Revolution. I, I'm pretty excited for that. We'll see Bruce Arena um, again. It's and, on ESPN. Yeah, I don't know if anybody caught his uh, post game press conference after their win on Friday, but this is the sixth time the Union is playing the New England Revolution this season. Um, so, you know, and uh, I think Philadelphia has won all of them. If not, maybe mm-hmm. there's a draw in there for New England, but. Uh, you know, Bruce Arena, he's a character. He gave a little mark. You know, um, we haven't actually uh, paid too much attention to the union, so maybe we need to do some scouting. Obviously, joking because they've played each other for yeah. like five hours this season. Uh, yeah. So that'll be um, another kind of nail biter, I'm guessing, just because the teams yeah. know each other really well. You know, and the big, big game because Carlos Vela is healthy. Seattle, mm-hmm. LA, 10:30 tomorrow night. Yeah, huge, huge game. Jordan Morris versus Carlos Vela. I mean. These are players coming bigger, back, and that makes a big difference yeah, for LAFC. Two of the bigger clubs in the MLS with the bigger transfer market. They're just the bigger market in general, like mm-hmm. LA, Seattle, they're going to have a lot bigger fan support in, in those type of markets. Um, but I, this is going to be the, the, the game of the, of the night. Oh, I yeah. Think. I'll get, I'll get home be... from work, and I'll put that right on, and I'll be up till 1 o'clock watching it probably, and I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm amped to do it. It's, it's going to be a real good game. And I think that's a great game to finish out that first round of the playoffs. I think that's that's the right way to do it. And we talked last week with the Bella's injury and stuff like that. We kind of expected Seattle to handle this game. And, you know, they've got all their guys back. They're ready to go. So, you know, they're they're not a seven seed. They're a seven seed on, pay, on like, in the standings, but they are not a team. Like, they're not. They're not. They're better than a seven. So, yeah, it's going to be a pretty good, good match, and I um, I look forward to it. But, uh, you know, let's let's run through Europe real quick, David. Um. You know, there was uh, the EPL. We had Fulham playing, um, and they were kind of getting beat up. They made a little um, a little run at the end, and Robinson played, I would just say, all right. At- Attacking-wise, mm-hmm. he's always going to give you what you want, um, especially from the left-back position. But sometimes he tries to give you too much. Yeah, and he gets caught out of position. And I think that was the same thing that was happening to him against Wales that we've talked about before, how he's a great attacking presence. Like, he plays great as a wingback. I, I do believe – He's more of a wing back to where if he plays, you yeah. need a five back system um, to where you have got three center backs back there to support if he goes up. Um, so, you know, you're not caught out without the left back back there. Because um, mm-hmm. you see Berhalter wants the, the wing back, uh, the, not the, I mean, the full backs slash wing backs to play up high, regardless if it's Reggie Cannon, if it's Sergino Des, if it's Antoine Robinson, they're going to play high. And that's what Fulham uses him. They, they like him playing high because he has a great cross. He can make chances. He has the speed to get back on defense, which I think that's his best quality, his mm-hmm, speed. I agree. I think he's probably the fastest player on, on 
the club. I think the national team, he might be the fastest player Possibly. also, which, which is crazy because there's a lot of speed on the national team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think speed's definitely his biggest point. Obviously, the defensive presence, he needs to work, work a little more on that. But um, overall, I think, you know, he played an all right game. Um, you know, uh, not, nothing too you know, much. Fulham but. is uh, – there. He shouldn't be playing like a left wing back at left back for a team like Fulham who doesn't have the talent elsewhere. Yeah. He, he needs to be playing a little bit more defensive. And that's why Everton was able to just catch them out of position uh, multiple times. Uh, yeah. Also in the EPL, Chelsea uh, obviously didn't have uh, Christian Pulisic, but we look, we look forward to seeing them against Spurs next weekend. That should be pretty yeah. awesome. Big game. Yeah. Well, yeah be huge awesome. game. Uh, you know, both of them being in, uh, in top four positions. So it should be awesome to watch. And I always look forward to it every year. Let's dive into Bundesliga, though. Uh, Reyna was involved in one of the goals from Erling Holland because he yeah. had four of four. them. Yeah, insane. Yeah, I believe that uh, Julio got subbed in and he was involved on that fourth goal for Erling Holland. Um, a man that looked like he could not miss the net all, all game. Um, Dortmund ends up winning 5-2. to two in their That happens twice against. a month with this man. And he's yeah, incredible. He, he's going to be the, the best striker in the world. Uh, it, just... if, it's, if Mbappe doesn't become a full-on nine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Gio got subbed on in other Bunnies League action. We had uh, John Brooks keeping up his great performance again. He has not missed one single minute this year for Wolfsburg in Bundesliga League action. They've played eight matches. They don't have any losses. They have three wins and five draws. They're the only team in the table with no losses. Like, and that's huge, especially as a center back. Uh, they, they did win 2 nothing over the week, so that's another shutout that he did. It's a great performance. I mean, eight matches through in a top five league. That's incredible that you have no losses. That just says so much about your. And they're your also back line. fourth worst in goals scored. <laughs> yeah, scored yeah. nine. Get it, get them, give them, give them something. But I mean, it, it, they have great defense, and that's what's keeping them up there. Um, they're 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 prob- they're right up in that fifth, sixth position in the table right now. I mean, they're not losing. Uh, and at the end of the end of the, end of the day, John Brooks is a big reason why. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, they're going to keep it going because Brooks is playing great defense. And we look forward, though, uh, to them playing Werder Bremen uh, at the weekend. But uh, let's talk about Werder Bremen for a second. Yeah, Josh Sargent. Um, I, 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 think, I think this game was coming, uh, especially with Sargent not being able to be at the national team over international break. I know that was really eating at him. He was probably really upset about that. Um, they played uh, Bayern Munich, the number one team in Bunny's League. Probably the best team in all of uh, Europe, all of the world. I mean, they I won agree. Champions League last year. Uh, they tied one-to-one in a game to where people thought they were going to be blown out, like 3 nothing, 4 nothing, 5 like something big time. Um, they, were, they were up one nothing halftime. Uh, Josh Sargent actually had the assist right before halftime. He went down the right flank, beautiful cross into the 18-yard box uh, and gets one-time struck right into the net. Uh, Warner Burns winning one nothing. Uh, Bayern Munich came back in, I think, the 60, around the 60th minute, ties the game up. Yeah, ties the game up one-to-one. Honestly, I think Josh Sargent was man of the match. Um, Obviously, he had the assists, but that's not even the most. Uh, Sargent had at least two to three really, really good chances in that second half to put away a goal. And if it wasn't for arguably the best keeper in the world, if you know, one of the best, if not the best, Manuel Neuer uh, making some great saves on Sargent to keep the ball out of the net. Um, Sargent would have had a game winner for them, and they would have came out of there with an upset. But Sargent was playing excellent. He played great against the the back line of Bayern Munich. Uh, Great speed, great shot. Thought he was going to beat Neuer to the front post, and I think it was like the 85th minute. Thought he was going to beat him at the front post, and Neuer stuck out his foot at the last second to save it. But I think that was like a breakout game for Sarja. I think he looked excellent in that match. And that match right there shows why 
he is the number one striker in the pool, mm-hmm. I think, right now. I still think. Obviously, Sebastian Soto and Giochinko, they played really good in those in those friendly matches. But I think Sargent is still that number one guy right now. And that exactly. match proved Exactly. Uh, to close out Bundesliga, though, um, and kind of the rest of Europe, Adams uh, plays in a 1-1 draw against Frankfurt. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was his first start um, since his yep. uh, injury. Since the injury. So yeah, it's great to see him back I'm in the sure starting we'll lineup. we'll see him um, in, in Champions League over the weekend. Maybe not starting, but he'll get some time. Um, yep. Yeah, and I'm going to kind of go around the horn real quick. McKinney, 21 minutes for Juventus. Um, you, you know, nothing to really speak about. I think they're still kind of moving him around, trying to find his correct position. And I think uh, when we talk about Europe, uh, the, the Ferenc virus game um, is a good spot for him to start and find his groove and exactly where he should be on the field because they have mm-hmm. so many midfielders that they can kind of just move around. Uh, yeah. Wea plays four minutes against the 17th place team in France. Um, he will never start a game for Lille. I'm just going to be honest. Um, yeah. it, it sucks because I want to see him play really bad. But if he's, mm-hmm. not, if he's not getting significant mat- minutes against a team that low on the table, he will not start a game for them. Um, Ledesma, it, for playing for PSV's second team, uh, ends mm-hmm. up getting an assist in their 3-3 comeback. They were down 3-0 and uh, yeah. ended up getting three second-half goals, which was pretty awesome. He assisted the second goal, and then they tied it literally a minute later. Uh, yep. So that was great to see from Keeping him. Keeping up his a little assist, uh, oh, a list, yeah. uh, assist uh, Charlie going. Yeah. He's going with that. And I, you know, we need, we need somebody who can uh, supply the ball the way he does. Musa, full 90 uh, in a Two nil. They were down two nil, and they come back and draw. Um, he was explosive mm-hmm. as always, and we'll close out uh, Europe and Bundesliga with what did you think of Dest um, coming on? Yeah, so Juno Dest came on 67th minute for PK um, Barcelona with pro- another disappointing loss uh, to you know Atletico Madrid, one of the bigger clubs, but still, you're Barcelona, um, arguably the bi- biggest. I mean, club their in goal the was awful. Yeah, terrible. Um, but on the bright side. With Roberto now being hurt, Dest will most likely be the starter day in and day out now when it comes to Champions League, when it comes to La Liga. So definitely expect a lot more of Sergino Dest um, now with the man that he's you know splitting time with being out. Mm-hmm. Expect to see a lot more of Sergino Dest uh, starting and going a full 90 minutes. Yeah, matches are going to be coming twice a week probably. So he's going to have plenty of time to get starts, get meaningful minutes. They might move him to left backs so like – because in my opinion, we've already discussed it. He's probably the best left back and the best right back for the United States team. And I think Barca knows that too. Um, yep. So we could see him on either side. Uh, but so let's, let's close things out here with uh, the UEFA preview, David. We've got a lot of matches um, between uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. So if, if anybody's off tomorrow like, uh, and wanna, wants to watch some good matches, you've got the Champions League. And then you've got a triple header from, uh, from the MLS. So it's a yeah. jam-packed day tomorrow. Tuesday Tuesday's a big day, yeah. yeah. So Especially got, for um, a national team. You know, you do have the Chelsea-Ren match, but we know we won't see Felicic. Um, that's a 12.55 kickoff. Um, Dortmund-Brug, uh, Reyna, I think, gets a start, being that he didn't start over the weekend. And the last time Dortmund played Brug, Mignolet for Brug got hammered. And I think yeah. Horvath should be in goal, personally. Yeah, I would love to see Horvath. Um, realistically, I doubt it. Probably we'll see Mignolet again. We'd love to see Horvath, though. That would be really awesome to see him get to play against a club like Dortmund. Um That'd be awesome. You'll see two guys play against each other. Him and we and didn't get Gio to see Reyna him in Dortmund. the last two matches for the U.S. team. So, I mean, I, I yeah. feel bad for him, again, because like, mm-hmm. this isn't the first time that it's happened where he's kind of just sitting there ignored. Yeah. Um, keep it up. We got Barcelona also with that three, kick, 3 o'clock kickoff. Expect Sergino Dest to definitely get the start. Um, 
either at right back or left back wherever Barcelona wants them, but expect him to get the start and against Dynamo and go the whole 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last game uh, with, well, no, sorry. We've got Juve Faring Fires. I've already mentioned, I think McKinney starts this game. It's a perfect yeah, game. We'll for love him to see McKinney start. start. Yeah. He hasn't started in a little bit. And Faring Fires is, uh, you know, Juve is a far superior squad. Um, mm-hmm. Every single aspect of the field, they are better. So this is a, Great time for yeah. him to get. We'll some love to see McKinney. I mean, like, when when it came to that to the November camp for the national team, I think McKinney was the player that stood out. Like Musa played excellent, Adams played excellent. I think McKinney was the best player uh, in those two games. He was all over the pitch. Great. We have a great midfielder on our hands with him. And then uh, Leipzig against PSG. Uh, not sure if we see Adams start, being that he did start over the weekend, but I think he'll yep. get in. Um, Definitely, he'll should... get some quality minutes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so outside of uh, Tuesday, we'll look into Wednesday. Uh, City and Stefan play Olympiacos. I mentioned the last time that City played uh, Olympiacos that I could see Stefan play, and Stefan was hurt. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe it's something to keep an eye out. Um, but, you know, yeah. City having their own struggles inside the Premier League. So I think they kind of just need to have their best team on the pitch day in and day out to make sure that they can figure things out. Um, so maybe we don't see him there um Bayern against Salzburg I think Richard you were saying uh you think Richards might make the squad here I think he possibly could um you know it kind of just depends on um it, what the, if maybe he had played with Bayern too a couple of days before if he's healthy um I, w- I could potentially see him making the squad don't know if I could see him getting subbed in but I could see him making the 18-man squad yeah for sure um and then Ajax um against Michelin Mendez uh maybe makes the squad I doubt it and then Cayuse um he hasn't officially been capped to, uh, as a U.S. player but there's been so many rumors that his with his dual citizen dual nationality um he's probably going to be part of a camp at some point and he mm-hmm. plays every single game for Michelin so you know that's a good chance to see a midfielder who's kind of hanging under the radar right now i know i've talked to him a fair amount on these episodes but uh you know i love watching him play personally i think he's played really well against liverpool in their last time out yeah uh i completely agreed and he's just one of many dual nationals that right now the u.s is trying to recruit to you know beef beefing up the national team pool so you have that strong first 11 and then even after that you have great backups so like other nations like england like italy like france to where they have 20 30 players deep to where whoever's starting they're still going to be a world-class squad exactly and i i think we're on our way there and um we're we're starting to prove it a little bit you know i we can name so many different players that deserve to be on the united states men's national team and there's just not a lot of slots so um, exactly you know we're getting there and it's it's getting better and better as the weeks go by and as we start getting these matches and you guys will see it um in december um so outside of that um you know, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope you all enjoy uh, a nice uh, little a little break and all the craziness that's going on around the world. And, you know, enjoy some turkey, some ham, if that's the way you go. But um, anything from you, David? Nah, that's about it. Yeah, uh, happy Thanksgiving also. You know, just thank you for, for listening to us. Uh, obviously, episode 11 now. We're having a great time just talking about the national team and all the players that we would love to be able to see in the squad. And the future is really bright. Exactly. Appreciate you guys. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye.